2: You are listening to The Shepherd and Bella Show. to be one of the most fearless journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And without
3: further ado,
2: here is your host, Shepard Ambellis.
3: We got a heater of a show today. Um, Our guest that we're going to be bringing on after the first break, his name is Chris Cabrera and... He worked in security forces out at Area 2, which is actually just about 18 miles uh, away from the infamous Area 51 facility where it's rumored there's uh, secret uh, projects going on there, possibly UFO activity, possibly even alien activity and joint government alien activity projects um whistleblowers like bob lazar and others have came out uh testifying about some of the projects that take place in area 51 and around um the area 52 the is is located in nevada and the states broke up into various sites and this particular site is a highly sensitive national security site and it's regarded as such. So security forces routinely patrol the area 24 seven, as our guests will probably tell you. Um, and we we've lately been talking about this missing YouTuber. His name is Kenny Veach. And he went out and he was looking for this cave that made his whole body shake. It terrified him. He started vibrating, and a lot of people speculated it was emitting some kind of infrasound which might be some type of underground base like military technology some type of uh, deterrent to um, almost like an l deterrent uh, to keep people away a non-lethal deterrent possibly in an air vent or a shaft that opens and closes and hides itself there's been whistleblower testimony from Bob Lazar himself saying that in the S4 facility, base doors just open up out of the mountainside. In fact, there was some base door. There was a um, section located where people think this is near S4. And I went and did some digger uh deeper digging on the um, Google and I can see the outline of another hangar door, which I don't even know if people ever exposed. Um, So there was these like three hangar doors. And then now I've identified another one that was closed. So you can see that there is activity there like this. And then also there's this whole nuclear testing range out there and they've tested all sorts of nuclear weapons there's mock towns out there uh little cities where they've you know uh exploded weapons on supposedly mannequins and i'm pretty sure like u.s personnel in, you know in in that type of uh test right so uh lots of uh stuff happening in the area so You're going to want to stay tuned right after the break. Chris Cabrera, our guest, worked security forces at Area 2, and he saw something that you are going to want to hear. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, people.
4: listen to rained out rant cast on atn.live also remember don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge anyone who pledges support of 50 dollars or more will receive two of shep's documentary film dvd videos and his latest electronic beats album titled gangstalker 2.0 all shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show atn.live the ambellas talk network ATN.LIVE
6: Is your car or truck experiencing ED? That's right, engine dysfunction. Has your drive life become a disappointment? Perhaps you're losing performance, or your pedal is feeling a little sluggish or soft. Maybe you're not able to go as long or as far as you used to. If this sounds familiar, then you need this little purple pill the Gobi fuel boosting tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration and helping you enjoy a nice smooth ride we are still talking about driving right Gobi fuel tablets could not only save you money at the pump but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life you can earn money lots of money So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Gobi fuel-boosting tablets today.
5: Visit gogastab.com.
3: Hey, it's Aaron from The Cole Report, and I just want to remind you, if you miss any of the live shows, you can catch the rebroadcast all week long. There's a schedule on the homepage. Click it, and it'll show you everything going on for the whole week. And if that's not convenient enough for you, You can catch The Shepard Ambella Show, The Rained Out Rancast, and The Cole Report on Apple and Spotify for your listening pleasure.
2: He sometimes wears glasses to see what others don't. In past lives, he was always himself. He doesn't wear Nike, yet he still does it. He's Shepherd and Phyllis, and you are listening to his show.
3: Well, our guest for the duration of the show is a very brave individual. His name is Chris Cabrera. He was a former security forces member and also achieved the rank of senior airman. He worked out at the Nevada secret um, national security site known as Area 2. Chris, welcome to the show.
7: What's up, my man? Thank you for having
3: me. It's an honor. Oh, oh, likewise. And, um, I mean, you know, you're brave for coming out and talking about your encounter or your your experiences, um, that you've had and whatnot. But I'm, you know, Bethany's with us. She's joining us as well. I'm going to just turn over the floor to you. And why don't you just, um, you know, give us every last detail you can and just, um, go with it? Tell us a little. All right. A little bit about your background as well.
7: All right. Cool. Um, well, let me clarify something. Uh, I worked at Area 2, but my duty station was Nellis, which is connected. The only time that I worked at Creech, was, uh, which is Indian Springs, was twice. So I wasn't like full time at Creech. So I don't want anybody to get okay. any misunderstanding. So right. that's one thing. Two, love you, brother, but I'm not brave <laughs> for doing this. There's <laughs> plenty of people that are doing this and they're telling more detail than i am so i appreciate you saying that but i i was just doing my job as a, as a cop in the air force and i just had some experiences while i was there so i appreciate you for that um so where do you want to begin i mean it doesn't matter to uh me. why don't just you just uh, take first.
3: us take us on uh maybe like a um however you want to lay it out man just a real detailed you know breakdown uh give us all the all the detail man
7: okay so um i enlisted in 98 early 98 went through tech school went through basic and then tech school because in the air force that's what you do you go through your basic and then your tech schools for the job that you're going to do so initially i didn't sign up to be security for forces i signed up to be something else but that's another story for another time i pretty much got screwed over and so i had no choice but to be a cop so i went through tech school and this was like towards the end of summer kind of beginning of fall in 98 um, I wound up having to stay extra because they had no, uh, duty station for me to initially go to. So I wound up doing kind of almost extra tech school. And again, that's another story for another time. Cause I feel like that was done mm-hmm. on purpose for some reason. Right. But then I wound up getting orders to go to Nellis. Now, when I got those orders in my mind was, I have a wife, I have a kid. Let me go back home, which is here in Florida. I was living here in Florida at the time, get them, get them. Let's move out to to Vegas and let me get my career started and do my four years. See where I'm at after the four years and then go from there. I had no, uh, I didn't connect the dots that I'm going to Vegas where Area 51 is at. I'm near New Mexico where you know the Roswell crashes. None of that. Not only that, this is in '98, so the year before you had the Arizona lights. Right, okay? right, right. Now. What people don't know is that it didn't start in Arizona, it started in California, went through Nevada and a bunch of these other states, and then wound up in, in Arizona. So I didn't connect that, those dots either. So anyway, I get to the base uh, beginning of the fall, and right before the holidays, this is after going to uh, Nellis and finding out that, okay, there's two sections to security forces, at least at that base. There's law enforcement, which works main base and then you have uh, security, which works area two. Area two is known as a WSA, a weapon storage area. Supposedly, and I say that loosely, there's supposed to be nukes there and also other sort of weapons there and assets there. They're housed in these above ground storage units. From the sky, you really can't see them because it's covered with grass and sand and gravel and uh it's about maybe a mile mile and a half from area two there's a road that connects uh the main base to area two on the inside and no civilians are allowed on that road but there's a road a main road on the outside that civilians can drive because also near area two is this sort of like uh i don't even know what you would call it like a like a prison so to speak it's where uh uh what do you call it, white, uh, what do you call those criminals that don't commit, like, serious crimes? Oh, right, like a white-collar like white collar crime. Yeah, yeah, white-collar crime. a Little, like, uh, like, prison unit there. Um, and they would wear, literally, these beige Carhartt, like, outfits. Oh, and wow. And that's where they would okay. go. So the main road would lead up to this gate, and we were in charge of that gate, and you either branched off into Area Two, or you branched, you branched off into this this area where these prisoners were. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way you can access it as a civilian. But most civilians weren't allowed to come to Area Two. So I mean, it was very rare that a civilian came. Sometimes it was like maybe a wife dropping off food for her husband who worked there. It, it, but they weren't allowed like into the Area Two spot. So. Um, Area two is very mysterious place. I mean, it's in sort of like a valley. There's mountain on on one side and like a bluff on the other. And so when I got there initially, I was just learning the ins and outs. I was being taught. And when I went in, I I didn't have really a rank. I mean, I was an airman, but I didn't have anything on my sleeves. I was essentially what they call a slick sleeve. Okay. And this is before they started with the programs where if you brought somebody in with you, they would give you rank and, and that sort of stuff. So I started literally at the bottom.
3: A slick um, sleeve, that's like where you don't even have any patch or anything on your sleeve? You're, you're
7: essentially on the bottom and you're working your way up for your first rank, essentially. Okay. Like you're an airman, like a basic sort of airman with no, with no nothing on your, your shoulders, no lapels on your shoulders, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Which is rare, I think. Now, I don't think anybody even goes in slick sleeve anymore. I think they give you a rank now. But, um, back then, you know, I came in as a slick sleeve. So, when you're on patrol, and I don't know how detailed you want me to go with that, because that's... yeah, why don't you get into animal. some
3: detail? Because I mean, to me, that's fascinating. Um, you know, like <laughs> like your duties, that like you know, like how I, I think people would like to hear that.
7: Okay, so if you if you, if somebody were to go on google and look up area 2 and look up like the the layout of it it kind of looks very similar to like how, like new york like new york city like the shape of it is very oblong right and it's covered in and it's surrounded by fences there's three fences so from what we were told and i i never like tested it or anything but the 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 inner and the outer fence have all these different alarms and, and 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 sensors on them and the middle fence is a, supposedly an electric fence and there's signs on there like be careful electric fence but i don't know if it that, actually that that's worked.
3: the one you don't want to take a piss on on your uh break well
7: you can take a piss on it you just can't <laughs> touch it after you take a piss. <laughs> that's the problem you just can't touch it when you take a piss but anyway so it's a, surrounded by these three fences okay The only way you can get into Area 2 is through uh, the spot called an ECP, Entry Control Point. The Entry Control Point, there's two ways to enter through that, and that's by foot, through these gates, and then through vehicles. Now, the vehicles will come in and go for different reasons. I mean, when there was, let's say, wartime, like I was there during 9-11. So if we had to ship out weapons... Uh, to like other countries because every troop has their own weapon assigned to them that we would have to transport them in vehicle so there's an area where a vehicle can go through but nothing gets in without being checked so and like like really checked so the, like so, mirrors and all of that to make sure there's nothing under the vehicle nothing's being like you know brought in or taken out that shouldn't be so it's it's legit like top knots so, like security so granted but, not every god
3: i'm sorry so you like could a guy for instance there's no way a guy on a motocross bike could like mob in and like jump over a gate and just like start riding it like you know like what like how um secure is something like that from just like random like stuff like that is it just like really locked down and like trump It's really
7: locked down it's really locked down. But outside of that area, there have been people on motor bikes or dirt bikes.
3: Getting close. And
7: then we have no I'm not trying to get in, just like just close by they don't know that
3: um, Okay. Okay.
7: No, no, because they don't know that that they're not allowed to be on that land, that area. So sometimes, you know, there's a there's a patrol that monitors the outside of the area and they would have to go and chase these people down, let them know, hey, you can't be on this land. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's people that knew they weren't supposed to. They just did it anyway. Right. A lot of times there was chases that would go down. Wow. Where people would get chased out. But I mean, for the most part, people knew they weren't supposed to be anywhere near there. Um, but as far as somebody jumping over a fence to get in, uh, that that wouldn't have happened. And as much as any job has people that don't like doing their job, like people valued their life. So if anybody jumped over that fence, they were going to get killed like instantly it, it, it was no joke you know we knew what our mission was so that, even if we didn't want to like be there we knew like that's what anybody I was, that comes i was gonna ask
3: there. you too like that you know there's uh of course they have that main area 51 entrance that everyone knows about and it's kind of i'm sure it's somewhat staged up like they probably expect some random like there was some uh biker guys that like kind of put their uh, camera on the other side of the gate and they're like look i crossed it you know um is right. our order like you know say you know do you size up a guy like that and say look this is just some fucking idiot like you know we're just gonna go have a talk with him or like does you know could something like that be a serious threat and do you just like shoot someone like that like you know what are you instructed no. to do
7: if there's a civilian inside of the area and we're not told and we know they're not even really supposed to be there but just for whatever reason we're told they're supposed to be there we probably won't shoot them we'll ask them questions but straight up anybody that's inside the area that's not supposed to be there is dying
3: <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I,
7: just, I mean that's just what we're told you wouldn't right. there's no hey you know excuse the expression there's no fucking around like we don't want somebody stealing, let's say, a nuke or a weapon and detonating it somewhere because you have family out there, I have family, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So even though, like I said, there's people that probably don't, didn't want to be there, hated their job, they knew the mission, you know, they knew what was at stake. So there's no questions. It's just kill. you know, outside of it, it's a different story. We've had an incident where like munitions, which is another like branch or another like department, They sometimes would do exercises like training exercises, Mm -hmm. but they, you know, around the area, but they would have to let us know. So there was a time where they did an exercise, didn't Mm -hmm. let us know. And over the radio, somebody said, Hey, there's some armed men outside the area. So those dudes almost got killed, you know, and they didn't, but I can guarantee you a lot of them lost rank probably got kicked out of the military because that's serious now um talking about loss of life.
3: i don't know how much you can talk about stuff like this but do you, you know i was talking about the m cave uh and the kenny veach thing and people think that that right. cave was protected with infrasound and also you got like dog men and they're seen around military bases a lot of times and um they supposedly have an infrasound did you know of any um like unconventional methods of deterrent like um entry denial systems like that or like l no.
7: no i i didn't hear about any like special weapons nothing like that um but like but they I, probably I coming, wouldn't tell or, you
3: about I, stuff like that right anyways they would probably just let people operate Were you got did you guys get free range and could go anywhere or were you like pretty like controlled to certain areas that you would patrol
7: okay so when you start as security forces member or even even law enforcement, because law enforcement, again, like I told you, is attached to main base and the flight line is attached to main base as well. So if you work law enforcement, you're working the flight line or you're doing law enforcement duties. And that's anything from, you know, guarding the, the entry to, to Nellis at the gate. You're doing patrols. You're stopping whatever speeders, drunk drivers, whatever. Or you're working the flight line to make sure that nobody uh comes on the flight line right because you have assets that are Mm -hmm. like millions of dollars these jets um security forces is the same way it was split up in different different duties so you had what they call perimeter patrols on the inside and inside you had markers let's say like marker one through 20 and then 20 through 40 and so on and it would form the circle on the perimeter on the inside perimeter of of area two okay so there was patrols that were, let's say, they were wh- called whiskey patrols. I don't know where the whiskey comes from, but they were called whiskey patrols. So you had whiskey one, and let's say whiskey one handled marker one through 20. Whiskey two handled um, 20 through 40. So there, And there was no gaps. So there wasn't like a marker that was skipped. So like it wasn't like marker one through 19. 20 wasn't being looked at. 21 starts to you know, Whiskey 2 Patrol. Everything was always covered, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you had that. You had the inner patrols, Whiskey, right? Then you had what they call two fire teams, which was two Humvees, and inside the Humvees, you had one individual with an M60, another one with an M240 saw gun. You had another individual that had a M4 carbine or M16A2, and then uh, another person that had the M4 carbine or M16A2 with a... um. The m203 grenade launcher attached to it so you had those two fire teams those pe- those two fire teams could roam anywhere in the area that they wanted to then you had like the flight chief the flight chief i always say is very similar to like the head coach of a, of a team he he handles his crew he puts them where he wants them essentially so he can go anywhere he has an assistant and then usually there was an officer. And it's, it, 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 it was usually like a lieutenant. It never went really above a captain. Usually anything above a captain worked elsewhere. But we always had like a lieutenant. First you, lieutenant or a second lieutenant. Did you ever and, feel
3: like your superior would give you like some um, bullshit assignment because like a secret project was going on in a certain area? And they're like, well, go play over here for a while because, uh, you know, something's going on over here. Or did anything no. like that ever come up?
7: No, it never came up never came on uh, but my flight chief there's rumors that him and there's certain people that worked at Nellis that worked at groom lake like in the past oh wow you know, okay yeah, yeah yeah
3: now uh so, we're, um, we're coming we're coming up on a break but um yeah. I think after the break um you know you can get in into um you know your story uh that I mean to me this is fascinating that uh just even like the security aspects of something like this and um a lot of times at these facilities that store nuclear weapons you know and a lot of people know this because they've probably seen it on um you know some of these history channel and all this but um ufos you know unidentified flying objects a lot of times are spotted near nuclear uh power plants near nuclear weapons storage facilities there was an incident i believe in idaho where supposedly a ufo shut down some missile silos and whatnot and their control system so um you know i don't know um there's a guy uh, we mentioned a a little bit in the past couple days charles hall and he he worked around that area with the military and encountered what he says is an encampment of aliens and then there's the joint alien human projects rumors so you know i don't know but uh, this is gonna be fascinating i can't wait to hear the rest of your story chris cabrera is our guest we'll be right back stay tuned atm.live support the network
4: Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN.Live.
2: He always skips the first date simply because he can. He once attended a Bilderberg meeting with a camera. His two cents are worth millions. He is Shepard Ambellus, and you are listening to a show.
3: All right, we're back with our guest, Chris Cabrera. He worked as a security forces member and was also a senior airman. And he was working out at Area 2 and doing security patrols out there. Chris, uh, why don't you just take the floor back and continue on, man? You're doing a great job. I'm just uh, glued to my seat, Um, you know, sitting here like rocking back and forth like, wow, this is crazy already i'm a big like underground base guy i went uh with the travel channel and investigated the denver airport and all this stuff and then they covered that up and then you know so like i know i know uh there's there's stuff going on but go ahead uh take the floor chris
7: yeah um it's all connected all of it i mean there's underground tunnels uh, you know on this planet so and i'm pretty sure that our government or governments of this world have access to it, and they 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 have things going on on there. But anyway, um, because I know that that we're pressed for time or whatever, so I'll just jump into the incident that happened to me. Um, this incident, it I didn't it didn't happen with just me. I wasn't alone. So I, there's witnesses, but they're they're not coming out because two of them I don't know where they're at. One of them, I know their name, and I I befriended them while I was at the base, but I haven't kept in contact with them. And uh, I'm reluctant to reach out because I don't know what their response is going to be. But anyway, um, so this is like, again, towards the end of 98, uh, I'm on patrol and I'm on one of the whiskey patrols. So I'm I'm on one of the perimeter patrols and I'm on the back end of area two. So in the back end of area two, there's nothing but like desert once you get past the three fences there's nothing but desert miles and miles of it and then you can see from a distance a mountain range and depending on what time of the day you'll see a smoke uh like plume and from what what i was told is there is a gypsum plant out there um and they do work out there uh i don't want to go into detail of what gypsum and i'll let people look that up themselves but there's a plant supposedly out there and you can see the smoke coming up from it but um So this is like, my shift was the day shift. So I worked from like, I think, what yeah, it was like six in the morning to like six at night. And out there in the desert, uh, particularly in the fall, it gets dark really fast. So by like 5.30, it's like dark out there. The lighting on the base isn't like vibrant because obviously we want to, you know, not be seen from the air. So there's not like a, a lot of like great lighting out there. It's kind of like dimmed down. And so I'm on the backside and I'm with a partner. So the patrols we're in like these Ford flatbed trucks. There's two individuals per patrol, like perimeter patrol. And when they, when they assign the patrols, they have to have a senior person with a person that's lower ranking, or they can have someone that's two people that are evenly ranked, but they definitely don't want people that are new two people that are new together because the, the senior person has to show the person that's new, like the operations, you know, and how to do things. So it makes no sense to have two new people together because they won't know what to do. Right. So I'm with the senior person. I think they're like a uh, airman first class. Um, uh, his name, I can't, I, I, I'm not going to give his name, but anyway, I'm with him and we're on the backside and we have about like maybe 15, 20 minutes left. Before we get relieved, because there's security 24 hours. So there's four different flights, meaning groups that man uh area two. So you have two day flight, two day flights, and two night flights. So one flight starts, another one relieves them. That day flight leaves, goes home, then that night flight works that night. And then the schedule is usually three days on, three days off, or it can be three, two, three, right? So I'm on the backside with this guy. We're we're on the radio and we're talking to another patrol, and we decide to meet them at the marker where it we overlap. So we meet them there. We get out of the truck and we just start talking shit. I mean, it's it is what it is, you know. Um, We have like 15 minutes left, and next thing you know, we see a series of these lights in a triangular pattern. So we're stopped. It starts at the top apex then the bottom left, and then the bottom right. And it does it like three times in a matter of like, like three or four seconds, right? I notice because mm-hmm. at nighttime, there's nothing but a blanket of stars. And you can tell where the stars sort of like stop because you, there's so many of them. You can see the outline of the mountain blocking the stars.
3: Okay,
2: But
7: we're looking up. We're not looking out in the desert. We're looking up. And behind the, where these lights were was this black mass. Now, I couldn't see edges, even though I was trying to look for them. And this thing didn't stay there long. It either, like, flew off or it just kind of cloaked itself because it just, like, disappeared. But it was, like, this dark black mass that was blocking out stars. So we're there wow. literally for, like, five seconds. Nobody's talking. There's there's four of us there. So it's the, me and my partner and then the two other guys from the other patrol. And then one of them decides to say, "Should we call it in?" So, out of all four of us, the guy that I was with was the senior of of the group. So he's like, "Yeah, we have to. It's it's our job." So he called it in. Now, now, um, before, uh,
3: before yeah. you before you get into the call and everything, what um, you know, assuming this thing was all one ship and it was cloaking itself and whatnot, um, what size and range was this thing at? Like, can you? try to estimate some of the details
7: i i can't tell you like how high it was off the ground i'm not really like good with that like estimating how high it was i mean was it like
3: was it like um jetliner height or was it like helicopter height like like you know
7: if i had to yeah like helicopter height like probably the the mountain that's next to us it was probably as high as that which isn't like super high and the lights were super bright to the point where it lit up like it lit us up in the whole area up like it was like daytime oh wow yeah so now now
3: did you see where did you see the lights were of any particular color
7: they they started off like super bright like white but then when they dimmed, they were like more amberish like an amber type color now um
3: did did the lights um look like little like pin lights like airplane lights or were they a different type of light like a lot bigger
7: have you you ever seen the um what are those uh lights called uh i think from sweden or something um it was a uh, a flap of triangular craft oh all the
3: tr3bs that's
7: yeah like like what would be considered a tr3b light and uh i talked to you about steve barone i don't want to go forward but he has footage of, of this triangle flying over Vegas. And I contacted him because those lights were very similar to the lights that I saw.
3: So, so I'm thinking that, you know, you might have saw like a TR-3B, you know, just off the top of my head. That would be my best guess. But um, this is really fascinating. Um, could you estimate any type of size? Did you get a feel that it was rather large and, and somewhat far away? Or, you know, like, w- what do you think?
7: No, I thought it, it was close. And it was large because it blacked out like a bunch of stars. Right. Like, like I said, it, right. it blank stars blanket the sky. Right. And the only thing that, that that creates outlines are mountains or something. This like what, what like if you hold flat. your
3: uh, hand out all the way in front of you at an arm's length would you say it's like would be a swath bigger than your hand or or like is that size or something
7: no it was bigger than my it would be bigger than
3: wow my okay
7: but i have a small hand so i don't know you know what i mean i'm not <laughs> i have a small hand but i'm like saying compared like here to a football field like how how what was the size compared half, to like a football of, probably half a football field. wow if, okay. I, if i had to give it's it a big you know, a, 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 a guess it was like mm-hmm. half a football field, but it wasn't there for long.
3: Wow. But it was there. Now you know what I mean and now, I don't know
7: if it was attached.
3: Now so you guys uh do you think do you, now looking back on it, do you think that because you were at a shift change that was some kind of plan for them to fly at that time or anything like that? Or do you think it was just random?
7: Um I've been asked that question before and it so it's possible. I mean knowing what the government right. does. You know what I mean? Um you you have to also understand that uh indian springs right creech was where they tested uavs those white uavs okay you know and a lot of those were mistaken for UFOs. so i'm just saying like i'm not saying that was uav but uh, i wouldn't be surprised i think art
3: bell art bell lived there and broadcast from indian springs i believe which i think is a little bit strange too but um you know so we're we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with chris cabrera and then you can tell us about that call that y- that y'all made. <laughs>
7: Thank you.
6: Is your car or truck experiencing ED? That's right, engine dysfunction. Has your drive life become a disappointment? Perhaps you're losing performance, or your pedal is feeling a little sluggish or soft. Maybe you're not able to go as long or as far as you used to. If this sounds familiar, then you need this little purple pill. The Gobi Fuel Boosting Tablet could enhance your performance and give you back your drive life, helping you to go longer and faster and increase acceleration, and helping you enjoy a nice, smooth ride. We are still talking about driving, right? Gobi fuel tablets could not only save you money at the pump, but when you share the power of this pill and help others improve their drive life, you can earn money, lots of money. So don't let ED ruin your drive life. Get Govi fuel-boosting tablets today.
5: Visit gogastab.com.
1: ATN.Live, the Umbella's Talk Network is beyond news talk. It's cutting-edge talk, 24-7, 365. Real people, real-life conversation. ATN.live is also home to the Shepard and Bellas show and other great shows. The website is simple to use, and the sound quality is phenomenal. We stream in 194K audio and have a backup 64K stream for folks who don't have much internet bandwidth. Remember, don't forget, go to ATN.live now. And for those who pledge $50 or more, you will receive free merchandise from Shepard and Bellas his two films on dvd video and his latest electronic beats album so show some love atn.live the Umbella's talk network atn.live
4: i'm in europe vaccine is a book that chronicles a parent's journey to question vaccines rather than focusing on long drawn-out scientific arguments the author focuses on the simple common sense blunders and inconsistencies around the vaccine narrative when we break it down to how badly we've been lied to and deceived by the grand scheme We don't need to argue deep scientific papers for days on end. If they can't get the simple questions answered and resolved, how do we expect them to tell us the truth when it comes to science? The book is not intended to tell you what to think, it simply asks you to see if you see a pattern and provides questions for you to ask yourself and research that don't require you to be a scientist or medical professional. This is just one parent, wanting to raise awareness among other parents. The author isn't claiming to be an expert in anything but the best part is you don't need to be to ask these questions. Now available in paperback on Amazon Books. Just search, I'm in your vaccines. That's I'm in your vaccines on Amazon Books.
2: on the edge of your seat stop biting your nails sit back strap in and enjoy the ride you're listening to the shepherd and bella show
3: chris cabrera is our guest a former security forces worker at area two uh saw a probably a triangular shaped craft it was blocking out the sky there was lights in a triangular formation could be like a tr3b um i guess your superior decided to uh call it in which i think was like a mistake because like I would have just been like, I don't know, guys, <laughs> but like, so what, so like he calls this thing in, like, how do you call something like that in? Like what, what goes on in that process?
7: Okay. So what what winds up happening is uh, the, there's a main building in area two, and that's where they, they uh, take all calls in and it's called control. Okay. And the flight chiefs there, and then they have like a staff that takes these calls in on the radio. So we all have, you know, radios like walkie talkies essentially. And so he calls it in and says that there is we, we spotted lights out in the desert, you know, and he gives the area that we're at, like the, the coordinates or whatnot. So uh, control, they don't understand what we're saying or what he's saying. So they ask to repeat. So he repeats it. Then the flight chief takes over the communication. So he's like, don't move. I'm coming out there. So the flight chief comes out, his assistant, the officer comes out they start asking us what we what we saw we we start talking about it then they they okay so this is like supposed to be shift change they freeze the shift change which rarely happens
3: now now do you do you do you think that um the the people that came out already were aware of an operation out there or had spotted like this if it's an alien craft like an alien craft or something and because um you know why did they decide to come out is that just typical protocol or or are they like trying to put like a handle on this
7: no i don't think it was because let me tell you every day uh the flight chief or whoever like if the flight chief's not there his assistant is supposed to do what they call an exercise which is like an exercise scenario right and they can do the exercise anywhere in area two So I feel like if they knew that something like that was going to happen, they would have done an exercise on the other side of area two where we wouldn't. Right.
3: Okay. Now do you think that um, it wasn't on their behalf, but like say it was like an alien craft. um, Do you think they were aware of something and that's why they wanted to come out and get detail or is that just protocol?
7: Well, the flight chief knowing that the flight chief has a background working at Groom Lake, I would think that when we call that in, he knew that something was up. Plus when I first started, I kind of bonded with the flight chief. Cause I felt like he knew that, you know what I mean? I was a good worker. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a family already. I wasn't trying to fuck around, you know? Yeah. So, so he knew that it was probably serious. So when he went out with that group, they, they talked to us about it and then they formed their own little like sort of team. And with the, uh, outer Uh, The patrol that that man's outside. It's called um, Oscar Patrol. They're on the outside. They all went out there to do like a quick sweep. And from what I understand, they didn't find any tire tracks out there. Like there was nothing out there that showed that there was someone, let's say, shining a spotlight or anything. We didn't hear anything. Like whatever this was didn't make a sound. So it wasn't like there was people with dirt bikes out there. So once that was done and they decided to unfreeze the shift change, they told us not to go anywhere and report to the flight chief's office. So all four of us turning our weapons, we go to the flight chief's office and then we had to fill out a memo, a memo like or like a witness statement outside of uh, his office. So we're all filling it out. And one by one, he's calling us all in. Now, I don't know what the other guys are saying, what story they're telling, but. I would imagine it's the same because we all saw the same thing. But then at the end, he called us all in, took out all of our witness statements, and he told us it never happened. You know, don't talk about it. And essentially, I, I don't want to. I've said in the past that Did they debrief like threat, you guys as a really team
3: exactly. or separately, like, uh, you know, were you all he together? And they're like
7: One by one. Okay. But then at the end, once we were done with our witness statement, he pulled us all together Okay. And told us together that it never happened
3: do you uh like, did, what was your vibe of like when you look back on this and I, i'll let you continue so you can get as much information out as possible on this show and then we'll probably have to do a part two but um did, like from your vibe do you think he is aware of alien encampments or alien activity in the area and that he's was really honed in on that or was there any kind of weird vibe that you got from him or um, anything like that
7: I got the, at first I was pissed because I'm like, I, you know, I felt in my mind, we're doing our jobs. We had to call it in. Like, I, I understand the thought of like, not even fucking with it and calling it in and just right. keeping it to ourselves. But if somebody else in another part of the area saw those lights, too, they would be
3: like, you guys are failures if you didn't right. call it in. So,
7: right. And then that's, you know, we're not doing our jobs and we don't belong there. Then you're talking about dishonorably, possibly getting dishonorably discharged. You know what I mean? So, right. We had to call it. You did the right thing. I I was pissed and then I felt like maybe there was some sort of fear and kind of an annoyance that that happened because now he has to deal with that, you know, because I mean, he doesn't want to deal with that shit. You know, nobody does. We're there to guard nukes. We're not there to chase like aliens or whatever, whatever that was. I'm not even saying it's alien. I don't know what it was, but that's not our job. So in his mind, I'm thinking he's like, why is this fucking happening? You know, I don't want to deal with this, you know, right wow you know, so and go ahead i'm sorry
3: well i mean i'm just so, i'm just taking this all in it's you know i mean this is interesting though um where did it go from there like like did anyone else get alerted
7: um nobody else got alerted um again like we do this thing in the in the morning like all the flights do this before they go out to their shifts they gather in this one room where the armory's at, and the armory's where you get your weapons and your equipment. Right. But we gather in the morning, so the next mm-hmm. morning, when we were gathering, the flight chief again reiterated that nobody saw anything. Not to talk about the incident, because obviously, if you're freezing, shift change, the other troops are gonna wonder why, what's going on, and people right. are gonna start to talk. So he he, he fucking cut it off. Wow! I was done.
3: Wow, that's crazy. We got to get you back on for a part two. Chris Cabrera, thanks for coming on, man. Plug anything you want. Tell people how to find you on social media or anything like that.
7: Dude, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm not here to do a plug-in, bro. I mean, I have a podcast called The Universal Dialect Show on YouTube and bitch you, but... I appreciate you. Uh, you know, I'm honored to be here. You, Bethany. I wish Aaron was here. <laughs> I like Aaron, too. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate He'll it.
3: He'll be here tomorrow. Uh, well, well, we'll have to get you on next week, and we'll make sure Aaron's around.
7: You let Absolutely. me know,
2: man. All right. Yeah, and we'll do your podcast anytime. Okay? Just let us know. Yes. Thanks,
7: Thanks Chris. It. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah man.
3: brother. Great job. T- talk to you Keep soon. Keep
7: doing what you're doing, guys. Please.
3: You, you as well, man. God bless, everyone. Thank yeah. you. Check out his podcast,
4: everyone. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN.Live.